Hello and welcome to The Switch. This is the series where we talk to inspirational people, each of them wildly successful in their own fields, about the big turning points in their lives. I'm G Footit and I have the privilege of meeting these individuals to uncover the pivotal moment that shaped their decisions to switch things up in their career and also be asking them about the skills, behaviours and traits it took to reach the top of their game, whether in entertainment, sport, business or making the world a better place. Are you on the verge of a switch in your career? Are you looking for the motivation to step up? I hope you'll take inspiration from this show. To fill you in about me, I work at the UK's largest provider of face-to-face financial advice, St. James's Place, and I'm involved in our academy, which has so far trained over a thousand people to qualify as financial advisors. These are people from all walks of life who have decided to make a switch of their own. Today's episode is called The Chameleon. With my guest today, I'll explore the highs and lows of making your own way on a non-traditional career path, the value of being a generalist and in the enduring power of staying true to your personal and professional purpose. For me, staying true to my talents is something that energises me. For me, I've always been involved in people-focused roles, and when I've tried alternative options deliberately to expand my knowledge and skill set, I always miss that people side of the work that I do, and I find a way to navigate back to speaking to people like hosting this podcast, for example. Our guest on this episode is living proof that success isn't linear, showing an abundance of entrepreneurial energy. She has built a career that spans from roles in publishing, manager to marketing, copywriter, and most recently managing director. In 2019, she co-founded a purpose-driven brand and communications agency. And of course, they are producers of this very podcast, The Switch, Rationale. With her co-founder and team, she creates impact-led brand narratives and creative campaigns that connect their clients in the UK and the US and Europe to their audiences. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Rowan Morrison. Rowan, a very warm welcome and thank you so much for taking time to join us on The Switch. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I'm very, um, it's weird being on the other side of the mic, I must say, but I'm really excited to have a conversation with you today. Well, it's been great working with your very professional team um, in making this podcast. And this isn't the only time that we've worked with you. The first time was um, for me was International Women's Day a year or two ago, where you delivered a session on personal brand for our female audience, which was fantastic. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. It was really rewarding to be able to do that. So yeah, happy to be having this conversation with you now again. Fantastic. Well, I've really been looking forward to speaking with you too. You've been inspired to make more than one big switch in your career. Did you always know that you wanted to experience more than one profession? Do you know, it's, it's such an interesting question. Um, no is the short answer. I think I am a career opportunist. <laughs> when I was thinking back about my career path, I'm a bit of a neophile and I'm a bit of an experienced magpie. And when opportunities open up to me, I tend to say yes. And that's kind of what's driven driven my career. Obviously, you know, hard work opens those doors to you but I tend to walk through them when they open but did I have a plan at uni to kind of be an entrepreneur and do what I do now no I didn't so yeah it's been quite opportunistic my career path I love that and actually just being open to those opportunities is so important so in your mind can you see any commonalities between the jobs that you've done and has each one experienced open the door to the next thinking about this I think creativity has been the kind of golden thread that's joined together all all my career choices. And I knew from quite a young age that I wanted to work in the creative arts. I kind of really, at heart, I'm a writer. And that kind of editorial, writerly 
pursuit has kind of driven me throughout my career from when I was very young to now really and what what we do is rationale so yeah that's definitely a thread also storytelling as well I'm really passionate about you know telling stories um, and people as a new introduction you know so uh, telling stories and helping people to kind of get their message out there and if I'm brutally honest I also quite like high octane work so I quite like you know living on the edge and I've been drawn to careers that are in that vein you know that have demanded a lot of me that are challenging and challenge me to kind of go beyond my comfort zone so I think those are all pretty common to my you know diverse career choices. Wow I love that high octane career choices (laughs) brilliant and so would you class yourself as a multi-specialist or a generalist and have you um, used this in any way to your advantage? Yeah, I, I think I've beaten myself up a lot about this in the past. I mean, in, in a way, it's a kind of a, a privilege and a curse to be good at lots of things. And I was even, you know, at school, I was quite good at science and I was good at arts. And then I kind of chose a lane because arts was really where my heart was. Um, but I've been reading a book called Range by David Epstein, which is about the kind of power of being a generalist. And it's just like giving me a a total kind of eureka moment and that yeah that that is a description of me i think yeah there are areas of specialism uh i think again the editorial piece i'm you know i think i probably i'm quite specialized in that and you know over time i've become quite specialist in in, in marketing and marketing strategy but yeah i'm a generalist i can kind of turn my hand to most things which i think as a you know a founder of any business is very much um a positive so you know when you're feeling out of your depth around people who have depths of knowledge in one subject actually nowadays and looking ahead you know to what the careers of the future will be I think having a diverse skill set is actually hugely valuable and I think employers look for that now. Yeah definitely and do you find yourself because you are able to do many things being a bit of a control freak or are you good at delegating? <laughs> have you been here watching me yes I am a control freak absolutely and um, a control freak and proud because I think I am a stickler for high quality and it's something that's kind of really you know formed the foundation of this agency is that we want to do good work that said you know I, I like to give people freedom as well so it's it's about hiring the right people and then not having to control them and, and that kind of old adage the Steve Jobs adage of hiring better than yourself you know you should never be the best person in the room as a founder so although I am pretty much over everything and find it very difficult not to be I'm lucky now that I've got a team that I can trust to deliver so I don't I don't have to be as much absolutely brilliant okay so helping the audience understand a bit more about you then so while running your first business Burden Morrison you wrote a column toddling in heels about balancing life as a business owner and a mother how did that opportunity arise and what inspired you to pursue it oh it's so funny you've brought that up <laughs> so Basically, toddling in heels came out of frustration. So I had had my first son and had realised that, you know, motherhood was a gift and something I was really enjoying, but it definitely wasn't all of me. And I was missing work. So yeah, founded Bird Morrison, which was an editorial consultancy that I set up with a friend and was doing that kind of part time. But I was I was bored and also frustrated by you know talking to other mums at the nursery gates who were full-time mums and kind of I think were quite judgmental of me having a career when my son was still quite young and felt that that story wasn't being told and that women like me weren't kind of being represented and 
God, you beat yourself up as a as a working mum all the time because you you feel like you're not doing you know giving your best to any element of your life. So thought it was an interesting area to explore, and I just pitched it to a magazine. It's kind of the Scottish version of Hello, <laughs> and they picked it up. And yeah, I did that for nearly three years actually, and it was a very personal column that I really really enjoyed doing. It was kind of like Hello Five Six in the City. <laughs> but for motherhood and work and um, yeah he told the story of what it's like to balance being a mum and still wanting a career really. That is absolutely brilliant and I think people should try and track that down and give it a read. Um, oh, is, God, there cross- <laughs> <laughs> is there any crossover between your professional and personal roles? How the skills and experience that you have developed as a parent influenced your career or vice versa? What a great question. Um, you should ask my kids that. <laughs> and probably yeah, my team. I think, yeah, it's interesting. I think that there is overlap. There is overlap in a weird way between parenting and, and, and running a team. And I think two sides to my personality as, as a leader and a mum that are probably kindness and also having high expectations. And I think being a mum, you know, I'm quite maternal. I think the team probably see that. You know, I care about them very deeply, probably too much sometimes, actually, because, you know, you're up at 3 a.m. money and that everyone's happy. So I am quite maternal, but I also have, yeah, I, I expect people to take, you know, personal responsibility. And I definitely, you know, I've kind of done that with my kids and both my kids, you know, I'm happy to say kind of through osmosis are quite entrepreneurial now and they see entrepreneurship as a, as a, a kind of an option for them that I think they wouldn't have if I didn't do what I do. So I'm very proud of that. But yeah, there. I think kindness is something that, you know, I, I try to embody as a parent, obviously, uh, but also at work. And I think, yeah, that's something, you know, you never get it 100% right, but it's, you know, something that I kind of balance that high expectations and kindness in both of those roles. This is the point where we look at that light bulb moment when someone makes that switch to a whole new realm of success. Rowan, in 2019, you founded Rationale with your business partner, Sven. What drove you to set up the business and how did you know that Sven was the right person to partner with? So many things led me to set up Rationale. I was managing director of another agency, a financial services specialist content agency. It had been bought by a parent company and long story short, that was problematic in lots of different ways and I was finding it hard to meet the expectations of that parent company around targets while also meeting the expectations of my quite sizable team um, around culture and was working extremely hard very long hours and basically one Christmas reached a point of burnout where I thought if I'm going to work this hard I'd like to do it for myself and rebuild something that's you know leave some kind of legacy. Sven my business partner worked with me at that agency and he supported me uh, setting up a New York branch and on many long haul flights and late night margaritas, we've, we became really good friends and just he's a, he's a kindred spirit, has a kind of energy and creativity and drive that really spoke to me. And I think, you know, the similar things spoke to him. And then, yeah, we just kind of said we can do this better and we can create an agency a marketing agency that has a different type of culture that doesn't drive its team into the ground and, you know, is, is a successful business, but it puts its people first. And and the thing Sven always says is we wanted to create a business, you know, a place of work where we wanted to work because we believe that 
work is where you spend most of your time, you know, in your adult life and it should be fun and fulfilling and engaging and, you know, all of those things um, and give you something more than just a nine to five. So that's what drove us to do this. And we set it up six months before the pandemic. So we had an interesting first year, but we were really lucky and got some contracts in quite fast. And yeah, we've grown it. We've grown it from there. So from the two of us at my kitchen table and then remote for a year to yeah I'm looking out now and we've got a, a large office that we've just moved into with a um, a big team of fantastic people so yeah that's the story of Rationale. So far. Yeah <laughs> so far yeah. <laughs> so one thing you said before is that you didn't think running a business was something people like you in inverted commas did but how did you overcome that perception? Yeah, well, that's an interesting one. And and when I say people like me, I think a lot of people assume, I mean, as a woman, but it's not just that. It's also, I have a regional accent. I come from a working class background. I didn't go to private school. I'm not independently wealthy. And when you go into founding a business, you do find that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs do have that background and I, I find that very interesting in our society that people don't see people like me in, in roles of entrepreneurship, you know, and they don't, they, they aren't given that as an option at school in the same way you do if you're privately educated. So yeah, I, that, I'm quite passionate about that and being visible about that and not watering my accent down. <laughs> so I do find that you can sometimes be underestimated and have an element of surprise when people realise you're smarter than they perhaps give you credit for when they, they hear the way you speak. So yeah, I, I kind of think it would be my, my all, you know, what would be really incredible to me is if another uh, girl from my background thought that, you know, that she could set up her own business because she saw me doing what I was doing. That would be my dream. So yeah, that, that's, that really inspires me. Absolutely. And you mentioned sort of differences between schooling. Do you think it's important to remove some of these barriers for the next generation? Absolutely. Absolutely. It drives me insane that children in state schools aren't taught business studies in the the same way that it's just a given when you're privately educated. I think it should be something that all children have access to and that people can go in and speak to schools about what they've done and what they've achieved and how they've done it. And also that you can do that at you know, at any time as well, you know, you can, uh, probably I was a little bit later in life coming to this and, and that's okay. So yeah, I think it's important to, for people to see other people like them doing things that they might not think that they're capable of. I think it's super important. Absolutely. Now there've been several switch moments in your life and two of those have been the births of your children. So what changed for you career-wise after you became a mother? Nothing really, you know, talking about being visible and and feeling passionate about about something I'm passionate about that and obviously yeah my priorities in some ways changed but when I became a mum I didn't you know fundamentally suddenly lose my ambition or my career drive I found a way to make it work and I also understand that I'm very privileged in that I had a supportive home environment and felt able to do that in the way some people maybe can't and and that's fine but equally yeah I don't think women should feel that they have to compromise their personal goals or or who they are because they have children and believe me I've had many moments where I've I've felt guilty about that and worried about that but now my children are 13 and 16 and they can tell me as young adults that they're proud of me and they're really glad that 
I do what I do and that they find it inspiring. And so no regrets in that sense. Um, I was lucky that I could work from home when I ran Bird Morrison and that was that was helpful. But yeah, it was also really hard. And sometimes being a mum is difficult, you know, and not a lot of people talk about that. Yeah, and you had it all over again with COVID, working from home with the children being home. And I can't imagine that was easy at that time. No, it was a nightmare. Trying to run a business and trying to homeschool two boys, one of whom was kind of having about to go into exams and one who was transitioning from junior school into into high school So and is dyslexic. So, yeah, it was tough. But you make, you make it work, you know, you make it work. But I do think people are, you know, sometimes a bit shy from, from talking about the difficulties of that and the challenges of that and the, and the kind of, you know, the personal things that you have to compromise as, as a parent. And I don't think you should have to compromise it. And I think women get the rough end of that and still do. And particularly during the pandemic as well, I think, you know, women were expected to hold down a job and take the the majority of the responsibility for, for domestic life. And I think we're still seeing the, the kind of knock-on effect of that now. Absolutely. And we've just entered, when we're recording this episode, summer holidays, school holidays. And so again, I think it's an annual basis where there's that extra juggle, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So what are the key traits that have fueled your drive and sense of purpose? I think I like taking risks. Sometimes they pay off, sometimes they don't. But I think I enjoy living on the edge a bit and and taking a punt at things and, and learning from mistakes. I definitely like trying new things sometimes pathologically though, as Sven, my business partner, would tell you, although he's the same. I also care about quality and doing a good job. And I think that basic thing has impressed managers that I've had, which has led to progression, which has led to being able to do what I do now. So I think caring about my work is definitely something that's fueled that. And yeah, I want to live as much life as I possibly can in the time that I have. And uh, I see work as a central part of of life so yeah I love that something I've just jotted down is is fail fast is that something you're familiar with or has that become more prevalent being an entrepreneur yeah absolutely I think there's a lot of fear isn't isn't there as, as human beings we're very fearful about making a change we're very you know we, t- we think of the reasons why not before the reasons why and I think we're capable of so much more than we think we are capable of I, that's definitely something I've learned and yeah you, you know making mistakes is is part of life and I think it's a very important part of life and if you shy away from them you're you're closing a door to so much opportunity to elevate yourself and develop yourself as a human being again no matter what age you are uh, whether you're young um, or or whether you're older and you do have more responsibilities so yeah I I think fail fast is definitely something a, a kind of ethos that I would I would live by in business definitely love that and don't be scared yeah, don't be scared. So there might be lots of people listening who are on the verge of a change in their lives or their careers. How have you been able to identify when is the right time to make a move? One of my heroes, uh, David Bowie, said that you should always go a little bit further into the water than you feel you're capable of being. And when your feet aren't touching the, the bottom anymore, that's where the exciting stuff happens. That's where you know, that's where you're challenged. That's that that bit when you're out of your comfort zone. That's where life is. For me, anyway, That that's where I get most excited and, and I feel like I'm on the right course. Not everybody's like me, but I would you know, encourage you to try and push yourself into that deep water um, as much as you can. 
And change is scary, it is, especially if you have financial responsibilities, if you have family responsibilities. But something that I always come back to is nothing is final, even if it feels it is. If you make a mistake, you can change it. You know, it might be difficult, but if you don't try, you'll never know. And and I just feel we're here for a very short space of time and, and why not try? You know, to go. So if I'm the other side of the screen or listening on a podcast on the podcast today, if I feel like I'm kind of paddling around in some shallow water and have been for some time, now's the time to just try and find that deep water. Totally. Swim out. Swim out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's where the exciting things happen. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Love that. Um, so as somebody so adaptable, is being an employer and being a constant for your team a shift in your own mindset? No, oh, but a great question that is. Yeah, it is a bit. Yeah, because it's not just about me, you know. I, I think I I do care. I was talking about, you know, my maternal instinct earlier. You know, I do care very deeply about every single individual in this office and I feel very responsible for them, you know, and I'm very aware of that responsibility. So it's fed uh, day to day and it drives every single decision we make is their well-being. And, and I think, and, and what's brilliant about that is our theory was if we do that, we'll have a successful business and a profitable business. And that's worked. It's you know that that's true. So to have that kind of hypothesis uh, be proved right is amazing. And I think there's so much potential for other businesses to do the same. But yeah, they inspire me. My team inspire me. We've been so lucky. We have such a good team, and they inspire me every day to do better. And I learn from them as much as I hope they learn from me. So yeah. So rationale helps businesses and organisations to find and centre their purpose. Why is that important and how do you stay centred in your own purpose and values when telling other people's stories? <laughs> yeah, so it's fundamental. Um, I, I really believe in the power of the private sector to affect change. We are in a world at the moment where, you know, we're challenged in all sorts of ways. You know, I mean, you look at the the climate change emergency that we are in the middle of, um, you think about, you know, the the cost of living crisis, you know, there's a lot of negativity and I think um, businesses have so much potential to do good in that and to contribute well to that. And if you're not a value-driven business, I think you will be left behind. I think, you know, it's as an entrepreneur, your personal value values are inextricably linked to your business values. And um, we're a B Corp which is a really exciting community to be part of. Uh, we're very pa passionate about that. And I think that keeps us right because it is a legal obligation. And I think if you are values-driven and purpose-driven, it's important to have that as part of your governance. You can't just talk to it. So we work with clients like yourselves who care about their people, who want to put good things out into the world, who want to support people um, in the right way. And we're quite militant about that. You know, we, we and I think, again, that that leads to us getting good people who want to work with us because our clients are part of our culture as well. So that's paid off. So, yeah, values are, are fundamental to us. And, and yeah, it's a, it's not lip service, which it sometimes can be, and I think has been in the past for, for certain businesses out there. Absolutely. So you advise businesses and organisations like SJP on how to tell their stories and connect with their audiences. Do you have any tips for people who might be thinking about starting or leveling up their own business? As an example, we have a whole community of startups within our academy. So what tips might you have for them? 
I would say, I mean, it's exactly what we've been talking about. Fail fast, you know, test and learn, try things out, realize nothing's final and that it's okay to have a bit of a sandbox when you're sitting out, you know, in business and to try different things. Do be led by instinct as well. I think that can often be overlooked, but also preparation is key and due diligence is key and making sure the decisions you make are backed up. I think, yeah, you know, from my perspective as a marketer, the story that you can tell as an entrepreneur, as a business person is really important. And, you know, don't be afraid to be yourself and to show your personality uh, when you're, you know, looking at forming partnerships and, and, you know, getting customers and all of those things. I think people buy into people. So the more of yourself you can put into that, the better. And yeah, just, just go for it. Just, you know, energy, dynamism, high quality, these are things that make make businesses grow and succeed. And then, you know, once you have people who are telling that story for you because you've impressed them, then the sky's the limit. I love that. You get your message out there enough that other people are saying it for you. Brilliant. Exactly. Exactly. So what's it like at SJPG in terms of the team dynamics and the, you know, because I was talking about how you know, we love working with you and, and you're a client that we see as values driven. How do you kind of go about embedding that and what you do and how you support, you know, your advisors? Well, it, absolutely. So we have an academy. We've got 345 people currently in training and then we've got lots of new businesses that are out there being launched and everybody's businesses are their own. And as you were saying, Rowan, it's all about their personal story, their authenticity. So it's helping them to be brave to um, get out there and show who they are because the more authentic they are with their audience or their potential clients, the far quicker people are going to know, like, and trust them. So it's about helping them to find out who they are, what their purpose is, and then telling that story um, in some way or another. And actually, we're just starting a series of um, interviews called SJP Advisor Stories so that we can showcase people's transition, if you like, from their perspective. Um, which I think is going to be exciting. And I think for some people, that might be their first opportunity of having an interview like we're having today and talking about, well, I used to be this, now I'm doing this and and just owning that transition. So we're excited to help them with that. Um, but if you were to come through the Academy Training Program, there is a whole section on your purpose, your why, your business plan, um, and also so much support in terms of central marketing and helping you on your social media platforms. Um, but there's also very much a willingness from our point of view that they don't SJPify themselves. They actually are their own brand. So you did a brilliant uh, personal branding session with us uh, for International Women's Day. Have you got any sort of top pointers or, or things that people might be able to think about when they're starting their own business? From a personal brand perspective, I mean, it, people buy into people rather than, you know, organisations. So putting yourself at the forefront of your business it can feel quite vulnerable if you're not used to doing it but there's ways that you can do it that suit your style so you know maybe you like public speaking so you should go you know kind of seek seek out opportunities to do that maybe you're more like me you like you like to write so maybe you can write blogs and there's lots of different ways now and lots of different platforms that you can get your message out on but I always recommend being quite systematic about it so kind of analyzing your skill set and, and stories that you can tell about yourself. People like an interesting nugget. So if you've got something that you love to do in your personal life, I'm a trail runner, for instance. And when I talk about that to clients, you can see they're like, oh, wow, that's interesting. You know, let's talk about that and we'll get back to the marketing. 
and it's ways to be memorable, you know, so they remember you for you rather than just, you know, what, what you're talking to them about from a business perspective. So yeah, it can it can feel odd if you've not done it before. But once you get into it, it's really enjoyable because then, yeah, you're talking about what you love in a business context. And it's also can give you confidence if you're new to entrepreneurship because you can kind of wrap it up in things that you already know that you like to talk about. So you're, you know, it's it can feel like a safer space. So yeah. Absolutely. And your energy kind of changes when you're talking about something you're genuinely really passionate about yourself. So um Absolutely. So I was going to ask you a question about you've started businesses before and of course one of the most important things when you're starting out is is getting your first client or your first handful of clients. And while we're on the topic of this personal brand and telling your story, have you found that tapping into your existing, I don't know, network, shall we call it, is the fastest and easiest way to do that? And telling those stories of, you know, I used to be this person, the exact same career that you do, and now I'm doing this and I understand your challenges, so therefore I can help you. Yeah, I, I have. And and there's lots of elements to that. And I was actually blown away when we set, set up Rationale by when I started tapping into my network over, you know, going back 15, you know, almost 20 years, how people remembered me. <laughs> um, so and again, I think it's because I've always been so laser focused on doing a good job that that does make you memorable and I think yeah you know personality as well Sven my business partner has a a massive personality and lots of you know incredible things that he's done in his life and people just love him you know he's like Mr Charisma and I think that combined with the quality really paid off for us in the early days because people remembered both of us and wanted to work with us again and also we're gunning for us we're like yeah come on you know we want you to succeed and we want to play a part in that because we we like you and we like what you do and we think you're bringing something new to this area so yeah I was genuinely blown away by that and it definitely that first year when it is hard it's hard to kind of get that client base you know to build on you need case studies to be able to get new clients that was amazing and stood us in good stead. So I would say, you know, from the outset, know who you are, know what you want to say, be memorable and deliver what you promise because then people will recommend you. And I think referrals are the gold dust of how you grow out a business. You want to be referred and by, you know, you'll only get referred if, you, if you're excellent. So I think that's what I would advise people setting out to focus on. Fantastic. So do you think it's necessary to be a chameleon in the workplace, Rowan? I think, you know, as we were saying earlier, yeah, flexibility and, and not ha- not being afraid of change, I think, as an entrepreneur, is, is, is good. I think if you don't like taking risks, if you are scared of kind of t- stepping out of your comfort zone, I think it might take you longer. I'm not saying you, you couldn't do it because I think everyone is capable of this. But, you know, I think it, that's something you should probably work on. I do think that yeah, the, just looking at the skills of the future. You know, I'm doing this a lot with my older son at the moment who will be going to university next year and we were kind of thinking about, you know, he was talking about doing journalism and we were like, will there even be journalists in five years' time, you know, with AI and, you know, it's we're moving into a future where a lot's uncertain and I think the more, I think for me, yeah, th- this is what I want to say. I think it's about giving yourself as many options as possible. I think in life as well as, in professional life, the more options you have, the better. And so therefore, the more skills you have, the more experience you you have, you know, when you do come to a crossroads that you might not even know exists, 
you will more likely to be have the capabilities to embrace that. And I think, you know, thinking about the financial advisors that you support and the conversations they'll be having with their clients, I think being able to pull from a really diverse toolbox is probably a, a yeah a, a useful thing to be able to do. So yeah, w- read widely, listen to lots of podcasts like this one, you know, educate yourself in a mu- as much areas as you possibly can, and yeah, and, and enjoy that. You know, I think it's a gift to be able to do that. So if you can, I would say yeah, definitely um, be a chameleon. Absolutely, fantastic. What are the challenges people need to adapt to when they're preparing to make a significant life change? And how can our listeners build the skills they need to make their career transitions easier? Ooh, okay. Well, that will obviously vary depending on who you are, you know, and, and what your what your situation is, whether you have family, you know, how much financial buffer you have. So that's going to be different for everybody. I tend to be a bit of a jump in with both feet and work it out if it goes wrong type of person. That's not for everybody. So yeah, I think the challenges you will probably encounter are imposter syndrome. That seems to, for some reason, hit women more than men. And I think that can be quite crippling if you're sitting out on in a, doing something that you haven't done before. But again, as with anything, the more you do it, the more you, you know, you'll be able to fake it till you make it, I think. I would advise in that. I think, obviously, financial security is, is really important, especially at the moment. And not everybody has the luxury to be able to make a change. But I think there's nothing wrong with starting to plan for it. And I think if you have a bit of foresight and you can't and you know what you want to do, I genuinely believe if you're passionate about something that it will be successful and you will find a way. So put the things in place that make that a decision that isn't scary financially, that isn't going to make you worry about your family's uh, security. So, you know, there's things that you will need to do personally the kind of softer skills and the you know the the things that you'll have to adjust to as on a human level but i think the more that you can put in place practically before you make that change the better so you know planning ahead is probably yeah something that i'm not great at but i think i'd probably recommend that others do great advice thank you what do you feel are the most common hurdles or challenges for people in finding the confidence or the determination to follow their career aspirations yeah, fear of the unknown, you know, just just being terrified. <laughs> I think fear, you know, is 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 very real and I think can be crippling. And I think when you don't know what you're stepping into, if it's something that's really new, it can be so easy just to stay where you are that, you know, the better the devil you know, no matter how miserable you are, it's it's difficult and brave to make a change. And again, not everybody can, you know, not everybody has the luxury to make these choices. And yeah, especially at the moment, financial pressures are real. Again, I think it's about, you know, self-belief. Also, there's a book called The Art of Asking by the musician Amanda Palmer. And she writes very um, eloquently about asking for help. And everybody will have people that they know and their family and their network, friends of friends, that if you reach out and ask for help, whether that, you know, just to talk things through to help with your business plan or or financially or with ideas, you will be amazed how people will step up and, you know, support you with that. And it's such a joy to to speak to people about a business endeavor. So, yeah, I would say that can help with that confidence. You shouldn't do th- hard things alone. I'm very privileged that I do have a business partner and, and we are you know, very complimentary. And I literally don't think I could have done this without him. 
So, you know, find someone else who will do it with you. Because, uh, yeah, we are we are made to do difficult things alone. And it is difficult at times. And it's a roller coaster. But, with God, the, the highs are very high. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to tap into that point, actually, when we were speaking about our first client acquisition. People tend to like being asked their opinion or like being asked for help. So I think sometimes people have fear of approaching people and asking them something, but actually most people are flattered that you're going to ask them for help and they want to help you. So don't be scared. Absolutely agree. You know, I was getting to the point when we set out where I was, you know, emailing people over and over again and not getting a response and then was literally sending emails like this, you know, thinking I'm now being really pushy. And it was always that email when I was kind of like, oh, I don't really like this, that they responded to. And and they were like, thanks so much for chasing me up. And I've been watching how things have been going on LinkedIn. I think you're doing a great job. I was just waiting for the right time. And your email, this last email landed on the right day. Yeah, just don't be afraid to hustle and, and push your agenda and prove to people that you're worth taking a risk on. You know, I think, yeah, people want to help you. People are absolutely good. I echo that thought 100%. So what's next for you and Rationale? What does, and what does success look like for you? Oh, it's it's something we talk about all the time. You know, so Sven, we're always like, the goals that we had at the beginning are changing. You know, we, we, we see what we've built here and we want to keep building it. We just moved into a new office space about two weeks ago. So that's the kind of first priority is getting that finished because we've still got some boxes to unpack and desks to buy and so getting that be really nice for our team we're taking the team to Madrid this year just kind of say thank you for for getting us to where we are and having a bit of a strategy session so we're looking forward to that there will be karaoke involved as there always is with the rationales but yeah we want to continue to grow we want to continue to work with brilliant clients like yourself and tell great stories and yeah um yeah that success will look like a business that has high retention that we keep all the people that we've got that we care about very much and we bring more people on that share our vision and that we can empower to lead the business forward because it comes from the team it doesn't come from Sven and I and yeah that's that's what success looks like to us. Fantastic well I am personally I know everybody within the team that I work within we're huge advocates of yourself Rowan your business your team and everything that, that that you do Thank you. So just for everybody else, tell everybody, what are the things that you do help businesses with and how can people find you? No, oh, thanks, G. So yeah, we're, we're branding communications uh, and we do everything from setting out brand strategy, working on visual identity, supporting with internal comms, right through to delivery. So such as this podcast, we do video, we do editorial and everything in between. So yeah, we, we support mainly B2B brands with getting their story across in the right way, in the right places, at the right times, so they can achieve their objectives. And we absolutely love doing it. And we're lovely people to work with. So you really are. <laughs> and, and how can people find you? Where's the best place to look you up? Yeah, if you go to our website, www.wearerational.com, you can find us there. And yeah, find me on LinkedIn and reach out to me there if you if you want to know more. And um, yeah, thanks so much. It's been an absolutely brilliant interview. Thank you so much for being a guest on Switch. No, thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. We just finished recording an episode of The Switch with Rowan Morrison. Rowan, what was your favourite topic that we discussed today? <laughs> I like discussing about not being afraid, uh, about taking a risk and a leap. Um, 
when you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur and running your own business. We just recorded an episode of The Switch. We really hope you liked it. If you did, please remember to follow this series on Spotify so you can hear all future episodes. Also, don't be scared to give us a five-star rating so more people can hear about us. If you enjoyed this episode of The Switch, please subscribe so you can hear more inspirational career change stories.